Hello and welcome to this edition of Cronkite News To Go. I'm Jonah Harkle. It's Thursday, December 5th, 2019. Here are your top stories brought to you by Cronkite News. In Washington, D.C. Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee held its first impeachment hearings. The hearings come after the House adopted a nearly 300-page report on Tuesday that accuses President Donald Trump of abusing the office of the president and endangering national security. This continues to be a very partisan process. You've seen it in the past. You see it again today. That's Arizona Representative Debbie Lesko. Lesko, who's a Republican, says the hearing was stacked against the president as well as his defenders on the committee. She says that Republicans were not given enough opportunities to speak by the committee chairman. Noah Feldman is a constitutional law professor at Harvard University, and Democrats called him as a witness Wednesday. Feldman says there is enough information for lawmakers to make an informed decision. On the basis of the testimony and the evidence before the House, President Trump has committed impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors. Meanwhile, Jonathan Turley, the sole lawyer called by Republicans, says that there is no crime that rises to the level of impeachment. I'm concerned about lowering impeachment standards to fit a paucity of evidence and an abundance of anger. Congresswoman Lesko says she doesn't think the hearing will change many minds. Cronkite News will continue to follow the impeachment proceedings in D.C., Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with stories at cronkitenews.azpbs.org. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador came to power a year ago. He's faced a number of challenges since taking office. But experts this week say the biggest challenge has been the president's relationship with the U.S. López Obrador has tried to address pressing issues like U.S. asylum policies and border laws during his first year. Rebecca Bill Chavez is a senior fellow in the Peter D. Bell Rule of Law program in Washington, D.C. She says his relationship with President Donald Trump hasn't always been smooth. Well, unfortunately, I think he was basically, I think, our President Trump pressured him to accept the Remain in Mexico program. That program requires people seeking asylum in the U.S. to wait on the Mexican side of the border. It's a policy Lopez Obrador agreed to in the face of Trump's threat to impose tariffs on Mexican goods. David Beer, an immigration policy analyst for the Cato Institute, says there has been collaboration between the two countries, even if it's what he calls contentious collaboration. At the end of the day, we have seen a lot of collaboration. We have seen a lot of deal-making getting done. And uh, so I would say it's one of contention, but uh, collaboration. Lopez Obrador called for binational cooperation last week after President Trump said he wished to designate Mexican drug cartels as terror groups. That comes after nine Americans were recently killed in the state of Sonora. Nearly 50% of Arizona's K-12 students are Latinx, but that's not reflected in the state's school board. Cronkite News reporter Barbara Smith has more on a new initiative to help Latinx students get ahead in school. Luis Avila knew he had to act fast. After working education reform in Arizona for 20 years, Avila noticed that only 10% of the state school board reflected the racial demographic of students. This week, Avila launched 
All In Education. The group focuses on long-term change for Latinx students throughout leadership development and new policy. One of the things that I hope is that people know that this is an urgent matter, that kind of wait, and that nobody else is going to come and tell us, you know, you need to be represented, but we have to demand it. And we have to demand not only representation, but quality in our schools. The group will focus on finding young leaders and connecting them with mentors to help them grow. The goal is that when the school board has a vacancy, a leader from All In will be qualified for the role. Barbara Smith, Cronkite News. Skateboarding has long been considered a male-dominated sport, but one skating community is focused on uniting women through a sisterhood dedicated to their favorite activity. Based out of Los Angeles, Girls Swirl is carving their own path. Their mission is to celebrate skateboarding while also empowering women to break through gender boundaries. Kelsey Harkin is the co-head of philanthropy for Girls Swirl. We basically started skating together, and the first night that we all got together, we were like, this is really magical. We want to get more girls involved and do group skates weekly. And for members like Mariah Rose Marquez, it's as much about finding women like themselves as it is about the sport. I grew up literally the only girl skater in my group of friends and in my town at that. And so I always thought I didn't get along with girls. <laughs> and it just turns out I just didn't have any girlfriends that had common interest. Through bi-weekly group skates, this united group of 7 to 40-year-old females are ushering in the next generation of skateboarders. Girls Swirl is growing. They are now located across the world, from New York City to Brazil. We had help today from Hannah Ehrlich, Heather Cumberledge, Barbara Smith, and Kirsten Corns. They're all Cronkite News reporters who work to make today's edition of CN2Go possible. You can learn more about the stories you heard in today's update by going to cronkitenews.azpbs.org. That's all for today's Cronkite News to Go. I'm Jonah Harkle. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow for another daily briefing.